Welcome to Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community about the Muse community. Muse is a nonprofit education networking group for users of the Meditech electronic health record system. Here on our podcast, we chat with healthcare IT folks about ideas, opportunities, strategies, and solutions to improve work life experiences and share views you can use. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Thank you for joining us today. Today on the podcast, our guest joins us from a facility that is highly respected in the Meditech space. Citizens Memorial Healthcare, located in Bolivar, Missouri, has become known as the gold standard Meditech facility, especially among the Muse community. Citizens is always on the cutting edge of technology and utilizes the Meditech platform to its highest potential. Providers at Citizens were utilizing electronic order entry long before many facilities had even heard of the abbreviation of CPOE. Sherry Montelione is the Chief Information Officer at Citizens and is one of the major reasons for the facility's many years of industry-leading success. Sherry is a familiar face among the Muse community, offering many wonderful presentations over the years. One presentation on interfaces and interoperability stands out as it earned her a trip across the pond as she was named the International Education Exchange winner for her presentation that year. That award allowed her to present at the MUN Conference in Liverpool, England. I'm excited for Sherry to share with the listeners what great things she and her team are currently doing to drive the industry forward. Please join me in welcoming to the podcast, Sherry Montilion. Sherry, welcome. Thank you, TJ. That's quite an introduction. I'd like to say that I was integral to all of the last 20 years, but we had a great team in place, the previous CIO, the previous administration, the whole team here, including all the way to the super users, really were what made it happen. But thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Much deserved. Tell us a little bit more about Citizens and your current IT team. So at Citizens, you know, we're in Bolivar, Missouri, which is Southwest Missouri, pretty rural area. We are the sole community provider for about eight counties. We have an 86-bed hospital, 30-some-odd clinics, specialty primary care. We have six long-term care facilities, which makes us a little bit unique. One residential care facility home health hospice. We are a service provider for a critical access hospital, Ellet Memorial Hospital in Appleton City, and for their clinic and Ozarks Community Health Center, which is a group of FQHCs throughout the area that provide dental and, and medical and behavioral health. And we're happy to be able to provide the system to them We also have ambulance districts, which we don't run on Meditech. We have retail pharmacies and a senior pharmacy, which we don't run on Meditech. But everything else, we really try to make Meditech the mothership. And that's been part of the success of the organization. We have about 2,200 employees and about 36 of those are in IT. We have also 50 super users. So our model is you know, all the primary support of our 36 in IT, about half are analysts and half are technical, the help desk and website and security and so on. The 50 super users receive a stipend and are a big help to us with training and integrated testing during priority packs and that type of thing. That model has worked well for us for 20 years now. We're Expanse, so Meditech has multiple platforms, obviously, and we are on Expanse since 2018. 
We just went live with Priority Pack 36. We were an early adopter for it, and we went live just a week ago with Priority Pack 36. So that's kind of the landscape, you know, who we are and, and what we're running. That's great. I was actually at your Go Live for Expanse Go Live. So I got to see it firsthand what it looks like to have a big bang go live. And I'll never forget that you had zero patients in your ED at the time of Go Live, which was quite the blessing. <laughs> None of us will ever forget that Go Live date of 12 1 of 2018, for sure. It was a forklift upgrade from our old client server system. And, you know, going live over all of our business units was, it was quite an implementation. Well, having been there, you guys did a great job and it was a real learning experience for myself and the team that I brought there to observe. So let's talk a little bit about your priority pack right now. So you just went live a couple of weeks ago. Are you seeing any major issues or what were the major highlighted changes that were in that priority pack? So we went with Priority Pack 36. Um, you know, all Meditech customers have to take a priority pack update this year to get the Cures Act certified code before the end of the year. So everyone will be taking a priority pack update. We took 36 and chose to be an early adopter, which we don't normally do, but 36 actually has the framework for performance improvements. So 36 itself didn't include the performance improvements, but it lets them deliver the improvements out of band. So we don't have to wait for priority pack 40 to get them. So that was why we chose to take 36 early was to get that framework. 36 came with quite a few good things. I mean, the real reason you get 36 is for the Cures Act certified code. But you also get, or at least we got, Expanse Cam, which is the new app basically that you load on a phone or an iPad and it ties to the record. And basically from the chart, you click on a camera icon and from the app, you take the picture and it uploads the photo directly into the chart. And that sounds simple, but Expanse hasn't really ever had anything quite that easy. And it's pretty important to us to get that in for wound photos. And we have a new dermatologist starting in August mm -hmm. and it's important, you know, for a dermatology practice. So we're excited for Expanse Cam. You also got some features, new features, like the ability to delay results to the portal with the prevention of information blocking, you know, basically everybody is like, hey, I've got to make all my data available to my patients as soon as possible. But there are a few cases where the providers are adamant that they want to delay just on an ad hoc, you know, one result at a time. They're going to have the ability to choose to delay that to the portal until they talk to the patient. Virtual visits got a new screen share feature, which is nice. We are continue to do way more virtual visits than I ever thought we would. It's very popular with the behavioral health clinic, but really we just do a lot of virtual visits. It's kind of the new norm and the ability to screen share makes it nice because the provider can actually share like, oh, I got your lab results back. You know, if you, for some reason, didn't see them on the portal or whatever, we can look at them together. Mm -hmm. It came with the framework of a new referral management desktop, which is something I think all Expanse users are waiting for. I'm not sure it is ready for us to go live with it. We're actually going to demo it to the group 
I think next week to decide, you know, do we want to go live with it as it is? Is it better than what we're doing with just our giant spreadsheets? Or do we need to wait for Priority Pack 40, which is what we think is the next Priority Pack coming? So anyway, lots of just lots of good things, a required update, and we didn't have any fallout as far as performance issues or unexpected downtime or anything like that. So Mm -hmm. it was all good. That's great. So let's talk about priority packs in general. When you move to Expanse, Meditech kind of wants you to do that quarterly update and, you know, get as many of those in as you can per year. Are you guys staying on that kind of timeline or what's your approach there? We aren't. I think that their cloud, you know, their mass clients all get quarterly updates and that's great because I think in the mass model, Meditech actually takes some of the heavy lifting on the testing. For us, quarterly just is not feasible. You know, it takes us four to five weeks. And maybe it's because of the size or the fact that we've got all the different business lines, but it takes us four to five weeks to basically get it into test, test it, train users, and be able to go live. And, you know, with a quarterly model, we just wouldn't get anything else done. So we typically are taking two a year. You know, we, we had not taken any this year until Priority Pack 36. We wanted to wait for it because we knew we had to have it. We just declined being early adopter for Priority Pack 40 this fall. We are scheduled to get Priority Pack 40 in October if they can find another early adopter. And Priority Pack 40 will basically have some of those performance improvements that I was talking about that we are waiting for, but being an early adopter just really didn't work for us this time. Right. That makes sense. It's almost like you would need your own upgrade priority pack team if you were going to take them quarterly, because once you just get one live, you're starting to test the next one. So I think having the two a year is probably a good approach for someone, an organization your size for sure. Yeah. And, you know, really, we still... We're still optimizing, you know, even though we went live with Priority Pack 36 and it came with Expanse Cam, you know, we're finishing the build and getting ready to roll it out. So, you know how it is. You go live, but that just means the upgrade is done. Not all the features have been implemented. So I don't think we would have time to optimize at all if we tried to do more than two a year. Yeah. So let's pull out a couple of the items you mentioned in a little more detail. The delaying of reports or results to the patient portal, is that something that the provider does on the fly, like while they're doing the note, or what's the mechanism for causing that delay? So I haven't seen it working yet, uh, just because we don't have it implemented. We went live, but we haven't implemented it. But my understanding is, is it is literally on the fly. And there's quite a big build behind it, which is one of the reasons we're not live with it yet. But today, where we have just a blanket statement that says lab goes immediately to the portal unless it's configured, you know, as sensitive. In this model, they would be able to choose, you know, if I order a MRI or if I order a lab test, when I order it, I literally can decide I want that to be held for three days or something. So it's per, literally per order that the provider can decide to delay. I don't know that it'll be used a lot, but our cancer center I do think that they will use it some and and it makes sense. Sure. Sure. Interesting. And then the expanse cam, does the image come directly into the provider note, like in line with it, or does it get uploaded to scanning and archiving or how does that work? 
No, it's pretty slick. So if I'm in a provider note in the Meditor box, I don't know if you remember what it looks like. You know, there's the little box that has all the font and sure. bold and all that jazz. There's a new icon that's a little camera shutter and you click on it and it goes to the paired device, you know, so a provider will download the Expanse Cam app, pair it to their login. And once that's done, you click on that shutter and on your phone, that app opens up. You just snap the photo, decide if that's the one you want to upload or not. You know, you can discard it, take another one. And when you upload it, it literally just goes right into the chart. I mean, it goes right into the document. Wow, that's becomes nice. part of it. Yeah, it is nice. We were doing a crazy thing with share file and, you know, ways to upload photos and designated devices. And this is going to be much better. And if the provider's device that they were using, if say they were using an iPad or a laptop that had a camera, can they use that or do they have to actually download the app and pair it that way? It has to be the app. Okay. But I'm assuming the reason for that is because the app is what provides the framework for security. You know, it doesn't save a photo where if you were using just your device, like an iPad, you know, the photo app keeps a record of all of those photos. So I think the app provides that HIPAA security. I didn't even think about security. Well, that's good. That's that's interesting. It's a cool approach. Well, let's shift gears a little bit. Sherry, I know you have been a leading edge on many things, but patient portal and getting the data to your patients is something that I know you're passionate about. And I know Danny was passionate about before you. And I remember part of the conversion you all did off client server was you converted every single lab forever, as far as I know, just so that the patient portal would be properly populated with that data, because that was so important to your community and your organization. So talk to me about what you're doing in the consumerism and patient portal area and why that's so important to you and your organization. Well, and yes, we were very lucky. We had a strong portal group. And, you know, having a single EMR for all of your business lines, that decision was made, you know, 20 years ago. And it is crazy good as far as a strategy goes today. We think about a single EMR means a single portal, easier quality reporting, population health, bundled payment, everything is in one place, which is awesome. And the portal definitely benefits from that. We talked to a site not long ago that has four portals and that'd be easy to do. You know, if your dermatologist thought they wanted their own EMR, they might end up with their own portal, but we're pretty strict with let's make Meditech the mothership. Let's do all of our core reporting and clinicals out of it and the patient benefits because they have a single portal to look at. We obviously shove everything to it. We can over all results, very few, if any delays on anything. And we're constantly trying to figure out what else we could put on the portal that would just make sense. So right now we're working on advanced directives. If we've got an advanced directive for you, let's put it on the portal. And because most people have no idea whether they have an advanced directive or not. And just making all of that more transparent with the new patient estimation regulations, you know, where if you've got self-pay patients, you have to provide them a price estimate within so many days of their visit. We put those on the portal. We're just trying to make it the, sounds cliche, but the digital front door to CMH, try and just remove barriers. I come here, my mom is a patient here and she's chronic 
lots of conditions and specialists, and I cannot even imagine trying to help care for her without having the portal and me being able to see what did her podiatrist say? How was her blood sugar yesterday? When does she see the heart doctor? You know, all of that is, it's just a game changer to me. Some things we have coming up, you know, that we are hoping to go live with soon. So we were a beta tester for Apple Health Share. And Apple Health, of course, is the Apple Health app. And for a while, Meditech clients have been able to make their system available on Apple Health. So a patient can go into Apple Health and can basically download kind of the US CDI data set from Meditech into Apple Health. And the really nice thing about that is if they go to multiple sites, you know, they go to a Cerner site, an Epic site, they have lab done at Quest, they can pull all of that in and kind of maintain their own longitudinal clinical record, which is nice. It's not as much data as you have on the portal, definitely not as functional as the portal, but really nice for a patient that has multiple sources for their health care. So the next iteration of that is the patient can actually share their Apple Health data back to their provider. So if you're in the chart, you know, we've got basically web acute or web ambulatory pulled up, and there is this medical summary widget that has the bidirectional HIE document, as well as an Apple Health Share button. And if the patient has shared their personal health information, and it could be everything from sleep to cycle tracking to anything, exercise, if they've chosen to share through Apple Health Share, which doesn't cost anything, it's just something they set up, then the provider actually launches out to Apple Health Share and is able to see that data. So It's kind of the start of more transparency, even from the patient to the provider. So we've got that coming up. We're working on self-check-in. And of course, we worked on it during COVID because it seemed like such a great thing. We ran into problems with it not working always with certain insurances based on the way we do our eligibility One of the new things we're doing is we're trying to just keep it simple and we're trying not to hold a project because it isn't perfect. Direct book is another one. We want to let patients book their own appointments. It just seems like such a simple thing a patient should be able to do. And there's a problem with basically you can't, there's a parameter where basically if you let people book a new appointment with a provider they've never seen, which they probably would need to do if it was a walk-in type clinic, that also unfortunately lets them book with any provider that they've never seen. And some of our practices are closed. But anyway, we're going to get around that and say, you know, let's not make this overly hard. Let's start opening up the things that we know everybody wants to direct book, like a mammogram, you know, some of these health maintenance items. So self-check-in won't be For us, a complete self-check-in, like I'm not going to scan a QR code and be completely done with the front desk, it's going to be a fast check-in. Like I'm going to scan a QR code, I'm going to complete 99% of the data, but I still have to just stop by the desk for the insurance part. Direct book, it's not going to be every appointment, but it's at least going to be a start 
it's going to be new providers that want to build their practice, and it's going to be health maintenance items like mammograms. That's great, Sherry. How are you driving that? Is that IT saying, hey, look at these new features that we can do, and we think this would be good for our patient population? Or are providers coming to you and saying, hey, how come our patients can't book their own appointments? Or what's that dynamic like? You know, the dynamic for us is typically we have an IS steering committee, which is a multidisciplinary committee that we meet with a couple of times a year, and they help us prioritize. They have ideas like, why can't we do this? And then, of course, we have features that we haven't implemented yet. So it's kind of a sharing of what do they want and what do we have to offer? We also have senior leader meetings and then, of course, strategic planning every year where we're able to offer solutions and find out the priority of them. We've never had to really work hard on portal engagement. It's been pretty organic. You know, it was kind of like build it and they will come. If you make it valuable and make it easy, people will use it. We've done very little advertising, but we do need to run some reports and just see where we're at on utilization. We turned on 100%. We give you a portal whenever you come to one of our facilities. So if you're registered, you get a portal account. Now, you may not finish the registration, but we don't even ask anymore, do you want a portal account? It's just automatic. So if you're a new patient and you come in, by the time you go see your doctor, you'll have a an email that basically says, click here to sign up for your portal so that you can see your bill and results and reports. And so I know that removed some barriers. And then there's also a new onboarding feature where people can actually create their own portal account without having to even engage HIM like they used to. But I do know I looked, just anecdotally, I looked at portal utilization a couple of months ago just, you know, looking at the numbers and looking at what are people using and really they're always looking at results. That was the number one thing. The number two thing was messaging to their providers, which I was, I guess I was kind of surprised by that, but our CMIO is actually, he works in IT two days a week and then he works in the clinic two days a week. And he said, you know, that doesn't surprise me at all. He said, you know, I might spend a half an hour a day responding to portal messages. That's a really effective way to communicate. Wow, that's great. But the other thing I saw whenever I looked at the numbers, it shows you the time of day that people are connecting, literally 24 hours, and how many people were connected every hour in those 24 hours. And I was shocked when I ran it the first time. I thought it was wrong because there was not a single hour of a single day that somebody wasn't connected to the portal. And it shows, it's kind of funny because it shows you whether they're connecting with a mobile device using the app or whether they're connected with a computer and just a website. And it was a very predictable, like after 10 PM, every hour of every day, there was somebody connected, but they were mostly mobile users, you know, people using the app on their phone until you swung back around until, you know, seven or eight o'clock AM the next day. Mm -hmm. And then it evened back out still definitely heavy on mobile use, but I was just really surprised that people 
people use it every hour of every day. And I guess it makes sense. I mean, we obviously have employees working every hour of every day, and that would be when they would be able to check their COVID result or whatever. Yeah. And and speaking of COVID, what a benefit to you all to have a robust portal already set up and good engagement going so that you can get those portal results right, you know, real time to not only get back to work or get a child back to school or whatever it may be. So, you know, I think you guys are, I mean, even though portal has been available for many years, it seems like you guys are ahead of the curve. Like you said, putting value in there that will drive people to it. That's what I see so often is a lot of portals just have the bare minimum of what's needed for regulatory compliance or whatever, and patients don't get that much benefit out of it. But it sounds like you're really giving them what they need. Yeah, to the, as much as we can, for sure. We just keep trying to make it more valuable all the time. You know, with COVID and with our employees, especially with long-term care, there was a lot of testing for long-term care. Residents and employees were tested, I think, twice a week for two years and continue to be tested at least once a week. And our employee health and infection prevention people could not, there's no way they could have kept up with notifying all of the employees of a positive. And some of our employees, maybe they wouldn't have gotten their notification until they showed up, drove 45 minutes and showed up to work just to be turned away. So we basically said, everybody has to have the portal and you're responsible for checking it yourself. And so I could wake up at five in the morning, check my portal. Yay, I'm negative. I'm heading into work or darn, I'm positive. I've got to get someone to cover. Right. So it was really valuable for COVID test results. Yeah, that's that's great to have that in place for sure. So Sherry, you've talked about all the great things you've done and you've mentioned you know, some of the things that lead to this capability for you all to, to do these things. Like you have a deep staff and you have a good super user program and you have your steering committees, but talk to us a little bit about what the culture is like at Citizens and just how you have been able to put IT at the forefront, maintain this Meditech only as best you can atmosphere and how you have been able to just continually grow and continually bring benefit to your patients. Well, that's a lot of stuff. You know, we have a really nice culture and I always tell people the story that I came here 21 years ago on a three-month contract that I had just retired from another healthcare facility. It was right after Y2K, and I was going to work on some other things. And they contacted me, and I said, okay, fine. I'll, it's about a 45-minute drive for me. And I said, I'll, I'll do it, but I'll only do it for three months. Well, that was 21 years ago, and I'm still here <laughs> just because I love what we do. Great culture. Really, everybody, I don't know, everybody works together, non-punitive. We get together and try to figure out the right thing to do, make a proposal, and get to try it. Almost all of us have family member attending, so it's like we are all secret shoppers. You know, I even, I have a sister that actually uses one of our clinics and she saw something on the portal that didn't look right to her. And, you know, I get a text, why does it say this? And so I think we all feel very much like it's our CMH and we're responsible for, we're one degree from making it better every day. Right. So we do it for each other and we do it for our friends and family, for the patients. Well, I think that's very palatable, you know, from an outsider view. I mean, I'm probably a little more familiar with the organization having been there and just down the road and those sort of things. But I think if somebody was going to define it, they would see that ownership uh, among your staff and your team there. And you also had the same CEO for 
what was it, 41 years or something like that? We did. And, you know, a very visionary CEO that there are obviously with every EMR, there are rough patches. And when we were client server and using, you know, the client server version of ambulatory, we were one of very few that Meditech had. There were times where if we hadn't had administrative support in that vision that we were going to use one system for the good of the organization and the patients, it would have been very easy to be talked into switching to a different system. And, you know, the problem with that, that we try to communicate to everybody is the minute you deviate from the mothership, you lose something. It's work mapping Regardless of what anybody thinks, there are not interfaces that interface 100% of the data. You know, you're always losing something, quality reporting, patient safety, whatever it is. So we were really lucky. Mr. Babb was our previous CEO, very visionary. Denny was, I think, probably 20 years as CIO or close to it. Also very visionary Mm -hmm. and just able to make a really good argument for the good of the organization is worth more than some best of breed system because any day another system might be better for lab or ambulatory, but any day having it all running in one place is the best thing for our organization. Yeah, for sure. You summed it up very nicely there and you kind of glossed over it earlier, but you have a dental clinic that you have on Expanse, which is almost unheard of to run dental So you even took it so far of outside the traditional healthcare world and made Meditech work for a dental practice just because of all those reasons you mentioned. That's very cool. Yeah. And they actually, you know, it's one of the OCHC is the FQHC organization and they're an independent organization that we're a service provider for. So for sure, they didn't have to do that. But the argument was compelling to be able to leverage Meditech and They have a dental PACS system, and so obviously it was specialized. We actually tried using our radiology PACS system, hoping we wouldn't have to buy another PACS system, Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't optimized for dental at all. You know, we gave it a shot. It didn't work, but anyway, we integrated their dental PACS system, and when I look at their dental notes and documentation, it's really always shocking how nice it is because they're able to copy and paste. And, you know, again, it's all about being able to leverage that single portal and a provider that sees them later has access to those records. And I think very much on the forefront for future, you know, with the writings on the wall with social determinants of health and treating the whole patient, I think dental is going to become even more important in that. Yeah, that's very true. My wife is a dentist and I didn't even think about you know, how valuable it would be to have that information on a portal or to do medication refills or all that stuff that's just integrated because you guys did put them on Expanse. So that's that's an interesting thought. Yeah. You know, the other thing that is really good that we're fortunate is the Meditech community. You were at Ozarks. We relied on each other. Golden Valley. I just listened to your really good podcast with Dr. Daly. We work with Avera. Lake Regional, it's just really awesome to have the community to be able to reach out and say, how are you guys doing this? Mm-hmm. None of us wanting to reinvent the wheel. Sure. Yeah. I can't count how many times in my career I've heard, well, what's Citizens doing? <laughs> so. Yeah. 
Sherry, as we wrap up here, I always like to end the podcast just kind of on a personal note, something that you're excited about or something you have going on in your personal or professional life that you'd like to share with the listeners. So tell us what you have going on. Gosh, I have all kinds of stuff going on. Too many things to do in the hours I have. I'm very active, so I love to play tennis and pickleball. My husband and I have an Alaskan cruise scheduled this summer, so I'm excited about that. More excited than he is. He's not crazy about traveling, but but I'm excited. Yeah. You know, I've got healthy two grown daughters and a granddaughter that actually heads to college this fall, which is just surreal, just hard to even believe. <laughs> but everything everything's good. Well, that's great. I hope you have a wonderful time on your vacation and just want to thank you for your time today and thank you for everything that Citizens has done, not only for the patients there in Bolivar, but for the Muse community and the Meditech community at large. And I hope that you all keep striving forward. And I hope that those words of what Citizens doing is at the forefront of all the other Meditech hospitals and keep us on track and keep pushing us all forward. Well, thank you very much for having me. And, you know, we're all in this together and good grief. It's an industry that has so much good to still be done. Yep, that's right. Very good. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org for information about Muse.